Hurry, join now, get the first month free. Buy nine classes and get the tenth free. Get a personal training session with any new membership. Sounds of the season, right, Julie? Yeah, I was like, did you, did we just sign up for ads and you didn't tell me? <laughs> so yes. I was like, dude, you're pretty good at that. The, I was trying to do yeah. my ad read practice so people would start to advertise on the podcast. How was it? <laughs> it, was, it was just okay. Anyways, <laughs> long story short is everybody's trying to exercise more and we're continuing our resolution series. Yay. So interesting, there was a, a survey done by NPR in the Marist poll in 2019 that showed exercising more was the most common New Year's resolution. Yep. Um, Strava, which is a platform for tracking physical activities, show a significant bump in exercise activities uploaded to the platform for the first few weeks of January compared to December. Yep. It also shows a huge drop off around the third or fourth week of January. Exercise which resolutions is now. Like, yeah, we, <laughs> we, can you make it to February? Long story short is it, it's clear people want to exercise more, that the new year is when it is at the front of everybody's mind. And it's also clear that behavior change is very, very difficult, both for exercise and everything else that we're covering here. So Julie, what I want to cover today is exercise goals. How can we make better resolutions? And then how do we uh, maybe not get injured in the process? So fortunately, we have an expert in exercise and rehabilitation who's going to help us improve our exercise goals and uh, plans to attain them. You in on that? I'm so in, man. Pump it up. Welcome to your doctor friends, the show that teaches you to sniff out the garbage and answers all the questions that you wish you could call or text your doctor friend. My name's Julie Bruni. And I'm Jeremy Allen. And we are two physicians who work at a nationally ranked practice and take care of some of the world's greatest athletes. We know that you have questions and we want to help. We want to be your doctor friends. All right, welcome back to the resolutions series. Today, we're going to be talking about exercise and we're going to introduce our esteemed guest, Arash Miksudi, who is part of the prehab guys who we're really excited to introduce mm -hmm. you to today in addition to everything he's going to teach us. But Arash has a doctorate in physical therapy from the University of Southern California. He did his undergrad at San Diego State University and studied kinesiology. His experience is primarily in an orthopedic sports setting. He treats a wide range of conditions ranging from post-operative to people trying to get back to sport to professional athletes. So with that, welcome to the pod. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited for this one. Um, my question just to start with is, do you notice a lot more people trying to like reach out to exercise more and going into the rehab yeah. and all that other stuff? Yeah. So like you said, being more healthy is a huge goal that people have. There are a lot of people that come in trying to achieve certain goals that they have, whether it's, you know, gain a certain amount of muscle more often than that is actually lose a certain amount of pounds, uh, for, for the new year. But with that oftentimes comes a lack of understanding of how they need to get to the goal that they want. We see people not knowing how to do it and hurting themselves actually in the process, unfortunately. I think it's great to talk about, you know, it's very easy for us to pick apart why someone failed. It's like, well, maybe they didn't have a clear enough goal. They didn't follow the, yeah. the smart plans. It wasn't, you know, achievable. It wasn't measurable, blah, 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 blah. What do you see as some common reasons that people actually succeed, that they actually like meet their exercise yeah. resolutions? Like what would, how do, how would you see somebody setting themselves up for success? Yeah. I listened to your guys' podcast uh, talking about the smart goals. Like, I think, I think that was, that was good. That was a good, great way to, to challenge Jeremy too throughout that process and uh, have him think about it on the fly. <laughs> I like a rush. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was great because that got me thinking about it too. And I was like, what, what do I think this is? Um, mm -hmm. So 
I think that th- those are those are definitely great. And there there's a, a huge concept that uh, James Clear talks about in his book Atomic Habits that I think is pretty helpful is a shift in identity. And it's the framework that you think of why you're doing what you're doing. So for example, it's it's a much different situation if I say I am an athlete that's exercising and I'm an exerciser versus I am someone that is an average person that just wants to start exercising. The person that is a an athlete or identifies with themselves as someone that's an exerciser is much more likely to stay consistent for the long term. Same thing with like if someone has low back pain, I am someone that takes care of my health. That that identity shift is a bit more, you know, it's a stronger way of thinking about it than I am someone that's going through a low back program to take care of this issue and then get back to my normal state. And a lot of reasons as to why someone may stay consistent is learning why someone did not stay consistent and trying to minimize those common problems. So a big one, I think that a lot of times people will try to do too much in a in a month without planning appropriately for the year. It's like that same quote that goes around in business. It's like people overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in 10 years. So you wanna find a way to make the change sustainable. And a lot of that comes to just making sure that you have the habit formed. And the first month can be as simple as just just show up, just make it consistent. And then you can build off of that after you've created that habit. The other piece is a lack of time. And uh, that's because I think people are overzealous with their goals to begin with. And if they start with smaller, more simple goals, it's a lot more attainable. And you can build off of that versus trying to maximize your results within January. And like you guys said, at this point, you know, three weeks in, you need to make sure that that accountability, that piece of just showing up is what you stay consistent with, however you have to achieve it, even if it's very small within the first month. Yeah. I really like that, the concept of the identity shift of like shifting it to, I'm not a person that is experiencing this hardship necessarily, but like I am a resilient person. I am resilient. And you can even try to remind yourself of that, of reminding yourselves of all the time you've been resilient through other shit, you know? So I think that's a great way of shifting perspective. I also like the concept of making small, sustainable, digestible bites. Like instead of saying, I'm going to start running three, four miles every day, it's like, I'm going to buy some new shoes and put them by the door. (laughs) And so it's going to remind me. And it's going to be there and it's going to be an investment that I made. And it's just going to be like, all right, they're there. There's my new pair of whatevers. I don't know what's cool anymore. And I, they're going to look at me and and maybe that'll, maybe I didn't do it today, but maybe I'll do it tomorrow. And that's going to be a reminder. I feel like what came to mind for me, Arash, when you were talking was, I feel like a lot of people see the finish line. They know like where they want to be, but they don't completely understand what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I think sometimes it, if you don't reach that ultimate goal that you've set out at the beginning, it can feel like a failure when in reality, sometimes there's been a lot of small victories. I feel like one of the most common ones we hear is I'm going to run a marathon this year. And like, that could be somebody who's never run at all. I mean, I'm hearing that they want to run a marathon, but even people who do run smaller races, they're like, I'm going to run a marathon this year. And and that's great. And, 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 you know, I think all three of us would, would take that person and say, you know, listen, we'll try to do what we can to help you get to that goal in a healthy you know, way. But I think where I'm going with this is if that same person starts running and 
gets up to a point where they're regularly exercising and running dis- distances that are admirable and they don't make the marathon, like there's still a huge win there yeah. the, of, of, of what they were able to do. And again, I get reframing that as tiny victories and small chewing. And then eventually maybe at some point you get to that marathon, if that's really was your goal. And maybe it's not this year, maybe it's next year, maybe it's the year after that. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree with, with both of what you guys said. And it's, it's a, it's the snowball effect. So you, you start with something that you can easily attain and you know, you can easily attain and you almost undershoot initially. So that way you can create that change, especially if it's a, if it's a new change that you're creating. And, um, and then you can build like even James clear will talk about starting with something less than two minutes if it's a new task and that way you can build the habit. So like if it's re- just starting with reading, reading a page, if it's an exercise routine, just starting with one or two exercises and then make it, make it maybe habit stacked where you're doing it with something else. And then you can uh, slowly build from there and it's just 1% gain each, each week or each month uh, just to get you to where you want for a lifetime. It's not, you know, it's, it's a 2023 goal, but hopefully these, these changes that you create last more than just even for this year. I mentioned a very specific goal, like running a marathon, but one of the things you brought up was kind of even the more broad goal, like the person who comes in to see you guys for performance. It's like, I just want to lose weight or I just want to be healthier. I just want to exercise more. Give me a sense. If somebody walked in the door and said, listen, I want to lose 20 pounds. Like, what do you do with that? A couple follow-up questions that I would want to know are how much training experience the individual has. That'll give me a better understanding of what the starting place may be. And if someone doesn't have any, I would start at a very, very low level of what we're going to be doing just to create that change and that consistency and then build them up from there. And if they have a training age of uh, maybe five to 10 years, that's different. And I would approach that um, in a different manner. So I'll get a better understanding of how much time they have throughout the day. And if they say that they have let's say an hour a day of exercising, usually I'll even start with something half, like half of that, just to make sure that they'll stay compliant with it. <laughs> and then we'll build up their exercise tolerance from there. That's great. So in your situation, you know, a friend reaches out to you and says, you know, listen, I, I want to exercise more this year. Yeah, I know you're really good at exercise. Like, how would you counsel them? So I think habit stacking is something I found to work very well, where I'll talk to them and figure out what is, what is a good time that they have open to do the routine. And usually I'll try to have that routine be with something else that they currently do. So if it's waking up in the morning, brushing my teeth, using the bathroom, and then from there I have some time to work out, great, you're not gonna go to work until you do your your 30 minute exercise session. And this is where you're gonna input your routine. And then um, if that's not the case, and maybe you work early and you, you come back from work, like right when you get back before dinner, you can't eat dinner until you go through the exercise routine and tie it in with something that they're, they're currently they're currently doing, which they're going to eat dinner at some point. So before dinner would be their their trigger to to go through their their exercise session. And then and then there's this idea of um, habit tracking. So if you've created a plan for yourself, like let's say it's Monday through Friday, on your schedule you have maybe uh, these these check boxes that you can check off every time you do it, it lets you know that you've done it and you feel accomplished because you check something off the box. But at the same time, you identify now as someone that gets things done and does their exercise session. And there's this idea of never break the cycle, try not to break the cycle. So if they can believe in themselves and believe in their ability to, to do it, I think that habit tracking is helpful. 
Sounds like the star chart we use with my daughter. Like how I make how I make to do lists that are like like you were saying that you, when you were quoting James Clear of like do some stuff basically that like when you make a to do list you've already put the first three things or stuff you've already done you can just be like check 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 look what I did you know it's yeah, a motivator but great. I love the I love the concept of habit stacking um, because. It reminds me and my anecdote would be so like one of my best friends and one of our former guests, Laura Danger, uh, we do what's called bitchy walks together because I'm going to bitch anyway and I'm going to like want to have an interaction with my my good friend. So why not have it be like a t- two hour walk around the neighborhood where we're constantly moving right. and constantly <laughs> jawing away at each other and complaining about shit? It's great. It's It could be a social thing, too. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> We're not going to be able to go through every individual person who's listening to this podcast, but there's probably some common scenarios that maybe we could like throw out yeah. there. So maybe let's talk about the person who's not exercising at all and knows that they would like to start exercising. Do you have some recommendations on types of exercise or how often they should do it or maybe some things that you would start off with? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think having both strength training and aerobic training is, is helpful. You know, the ACSM and CDC will recommend at least 150 minutes of aerobic exercise per week and two strength training sessions per week. And if you don't have training experience, I wouldn't necessarily run on a treadmill, um, you know, for 15 minutes for 10 different sessions throughout the week. That would be too much to start with. Um, but just realize that that is your goal, especially as someone that doesn't have that experience. And so starting with, if someone doesn't have the experience, I would go 10 minutes uh, probably three to four times a week of some type of exercise routine, maybe two lower body exercises like uh, non-weight bearing, maybe some bridges, some straight leg raises, just something to get the muscles going. Um, this is if they have zero training experience. And then upper mm-hmm. body, maybe doing some some banded exercises where they're doing something for pulling and then something for pushing, some banded pulls, and then maybe something like a, like a shoulder tap for in a modified position for uh, something on the anterior side of their body. So that way we're addressing the front and back of the lower body, front and back of the upper body, and then slowly building uh, their their exercise routine from there. And in the meantime, starting with some type of walking program, uh, eventually getting to some type of biking, maybe some type of elliptical, and then uh, eventually running after we've built some lower body strength. So maybe let's take it up a notch to somebody who's made like five New Year's resolutions in the past and has joined the gym six times and like continuously, like by March isn't going back to the gym. So they maybe have a training load and they've gone to the gym, but now they're walking in that gym the seventh time. And basically their routine has been to go like, you know, the machines are always set up and they just start at one end of the machines and just like work their way around because they don't really have a, a game plan. Do you have a good way of formatting somebody when they've walked into, you know, just a laid gym? You know what I'm saying? So they're doing something, which is which is already good. And the the first question I'd want to make sure I understand is what what their goals are. And, uh, and most people will say that I just want to be healthy and I want to be at minimal risk for whatever issues down the line. I would make sure that, you know, machines are great. And I, I like machines from time to time as well. But you're also doing some things that require a little more stabilization as machines kind of take out the whole stability component of what you need to uh, what you need your muscles to work through. So I think having some some free weights in the mix with, you know, upper body push, upper body pull, both vertically and horizontally, um, and then getting a good mix of 
both hip dominant and knee dominant lower body lifts would would probably be a good staple to to stick to and then from there you can do a lot of other accessory work like bicep tricep etc maybe some calves as well uh, but making sure that you have those those foundational pieces met would be would be great and then um, that would be probably a good starting point for for uh, someone that's trying to optimize their weightlifting routine yeah it sounds like what I'm hearing is for sure that person's success is going to hinge on maybe having a better plan than walking in and just kind of aimlessly walking around the machines, like kind of having <laughs> a concept much. of what you're trying to get out of it for sure. All right. I, I have two more uh, scenarios I want to throw at you. They're related, but they're different because I feel like this is one that Julie and I see all the time. Um, the first one is the person that does all cardio. So like mm. we see this all the time and like, they just like, I work out seven days a week, but like everything's cardio. So they either run or they bike, they do all cardio. What's your recommendation to that person? <laughs> In terms of like building, you know, stronger bones, stronger muscles, you, you need some type of resistance training and it doesn't have to be that much. Even there, there are some studies, I don't know exactly the, the parameters, but they did like a jumping program. Like it was a very small volume and they looked at bone mineral density and even just doing a couple of sets throughout the week is helpful for, for improving your bone strength. So when it comes to, uh, someone that just does cardio, I would stick to the two times a week strength training. If you can find a way to do even 10 to 20 minutes of a mix of upper body and lower body, maybe do, do some squats, do some bridges, you know, it doesn't have to be too complex. Just doing it two times a week, I think is, is significantly better than zero. And then it's, you know, four times a week is not twice as good as two times a week. Mm. Most of the benefit comes from the initial two times a week, plus some plyometrics. If you can do some light jumps, work your way into jumping. Don't just start with, with jumping exercises if you have no, no experience with that. Um, but that would be my recommendation. What do you, what do you guys think? Anything else to add there? What I like about that, Julie, I feel like with our cardio people is that we have to also convince those people to rest and recover. Yeah. Because a lot of times we just get so much breakdown. I'm, they use the same muscles over and over and over again. And so when I can, I like your recommendation, because if I can have them do strength training twice a week, that's twice a week. They're also not doing the cardio. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, like, yeah. And, and so and so there's recovery there for the, for those muscles. Um, and, and again, I find uh, that the, the cardio focused person just loves to feel the sweat, right? They just love to feel like they're getting the sweat and the heart rate up. So convincing them that the strength training is not the same level of that in terms of what you feel, but it's just as much exercise and it stays with you. Yeah, that's a good point. The conversation I usually have has to do with calories burned because they're typically focused on calories burned as being the primary metric to track when they exercise. And so in that case, I have to talk about, well, you strength train, you build muscle, muscle is what burns calories. And therefore, that's actually going to help you long term. Totally. All right. I have one more scenario and then I'm going to stop hogging the mic. But the, the other the other scenario is the person who only lifts. Right. So mm. we have the people who come in and they're just like just straight up jacked. Right. And then like but but you ask them to like turn sideways and like the whole body has to turn because they just have like yeah, they're just all muscle. Yeah. Um, so like what's your recommendation for that person? Yeah, this just got me thinking of I want to add one other type of person after after this person. Yes. Uh, <laughs> with, with this person, uh, I would uh, I mean, doing some type of aerobic protocol is, is obviously going to be helpful. Um, it depends on why this person is avoiding doing aerobic exercises. Maybe they don't understand the importance of it. And, or maybe they're worried about losing muscle mass. If they're worried about losing muscle mass, 
then at that point, you know, you see bodybuilders oftentimes they'll they'll hop on an incline um, treadmill, just keeping their heart rate fairly low, and that's fine. You're you're burning more fat than carbs at that point, and that's oftentimes where bodybuilders are are focused on. So that way, if their heart rate ramps up, they're worried about losing muscle mass. So if that's the case, just go low heart rate cardio. Um, don't go past zone three. If it is a time thing, then you know you have to you have to prioritize your aerobic capacity a little bit and uh, making sure that you find a way to do that. Even if it's sw- swimming, I actually found um, is kind of helpful because people still feel like they're working their muscles, but it is cardiovascularly taxing as well. That way, they if they have the mobility that they need, if they're if they have that, then then great. Like let's let's have that be a good starting place, and um, they feel like they are working their muscles because they're so focused on getting the pump or what, whatever their thought process may be. Um, but I'm trying to think of why someone may avoid doing cardio um, if if they're I only think, a weightlifter. I think I have an answer to this. I think they yeah. all need to go on bitchy walks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God bless them. I think, you know, they get that cardio, they get that cardio, they get that, they get yeah. the poison out, you know, they, they get to spill some There's a viral TikTok account now of bodybuilders doing bitchy walks. Bodybuilder yes. bitchy walks. Me and Laura have already trademarked it. I yes. mean, I have to put the TM uh, emoji next to it every time. Um, so one of the questions I feel like we get all the time, and maybe this is the person to ask this question is like, should I stretch though? Like how much stretching should I do? Yeah, yeah, good. That's that's a common question. the The importance of stretching is secondary to having your strength training and your um, aerobic protocol. There's actually a study that came out recently looking at flexibility in in those who do uh, weight training exercises and just training your muscles, especially if you're going through full range of motion will improve flexibility by itself. So you want to work through full range and you're doing strengthening and stretching at the same time. So, so great. Uh, and this was more so the case in, in novice weightlifters than, than advanced weightlifters is those people have probably improved their mobility for the most part with those exercises already. And I think to, to help shed some light with stretching, I think it's helpful beforehand just to warm up and prepare your body. Yes, physically, but also mentally too. It's hard to just get straight into a workout without like kind of easing your body into it. So I think that some type of dynamic stretching is helpful beforehand. And then uh, afterwards, if you feel like doing some static stretching and there are some limitations that you have, I think that's, that's helpful in terms of injury risk mitigation or preventing injuries or reducing risk of injuries there it it can it can potentially be helpful um but it's it's much less important than the other two things that's an interesting point because i never thought about the like full range of motion is something we emphasize quite a bit um and so think about like if you're doing a bench press if you're listening to the podcast like bringing it all the way down right so that you get that full stretch up and then bringing it all the way up and if we're using heavy weight a lot of times you you kind of short the rep a little bit to try to get there yeah, the idea of strengthen to lengthen has become a lot more popular in in the rehab space. So so that way you don't have to spend extra time stretching if you're going through full range of motion with your exercises. As you know, stretching passively only creates uh, temporary results versus if you're uh, strengthening in a full range actively, like you're actively using the muscle through the full range, then you're more likely to keep those mobility gains that you've 
that you've just made is you've taught your nervous system that this is this is a position that I feel comfortable activating and then keeping versus if you just passively stretch, you notice that it stiffens back up in a very short period of time because it is just a temporary result that you yield from from that passive stretch. So yeah, you got to bake in the goodness, right? You know, like yeah. Just, just yeah. So we talked about the cardio uh, addict, and then we talked about the the jacked person. Who who is your third your third oh, scenario, Mirage? Yeah, yeah. I want to make a prediction. It's it, it's going to be the middle aged guy who has kids and has a Peloton. <laughs> is this Jeremy <laughs> Allen? Is this Doctor Jeremy, Jeremy Allen? <laughs> if you're middle aged, Jeremy, I'm middle aged. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> now, have you guys played pickleball? Oh yes! Uh, oh my god. Dude, pickleball yeah. keeps us in business. Is, is this is this the fifth person, the pickleball player? Yeah, it's it's the it's the weekend warrior, the the yeah. pickleball or the tennis player or the pickup basketball player or the person. I just say pickleball because it's it's everywhere now, and I see. Oh, yeah. so I've I, I played it. I, it's it's a great sport. I see why people love it. So the person that paddle tennis, pickleball, whatever it is, weekend yeah. warrior, that person, oftentimes is kind of like the cardio person, but. For them, I'm actually a little more worried about creating injury because there is a lot more that goes behind pickleball than just riding a bike or going for the bitchy walks. Like there's a little more preparation <laughs> that you need physically to mitigate risk of injuries. And that's this is why we get a ton of messages. And I don't know if you guys have seen injuries in the clinic um, because of these individuals, especially come the new year, as their routine is a lot largely having to do with their sport and if they don't prepare their body with some plyometric exercises, with some some strength training exercises throughout the week, and every weekend they go and play, not only do they play on the weekend, sometimes they go Saturday and Sunday back to back without playing at all through Monday through Friday. They're putting their body at risk for injury, and I just want to make sure that they prepare their body with plyometrics and you know making sure that their Achilles is strong. They have some single leg balance control. Um, their, their knees have capacity to handle some quick movements and their body's prepared for the weekend. It's really good points. Just to clear up some things, you've used the word dynamic warm up and static. So dynamic meaning actually moving around, right? Uh, and, uh, like kind of walking and doing stretches and such yeah. and then st static kind of the still one that you think of the, the person touching their toes and that kind of thing. Um, and then you just had plyometric plyometric again, kind of in that dynamic warm up. So most people may have known that stuff, but just to make sure that we're all on the same page there. I think a big thing that we touch on on this podcast a lot and I bring up every time is accessibility, you know, so, and I think it, it leads into a, a nice next point of talking about your, your company and your, your vision too, with the prehab guys. But I think a lot of people are scared of going to the gym. It's not always the most inviting place. I think I was a member of a gym like for one year and I probably went six times. And and I feel like a, a, someone who advocates pretty well for themselves and I'm a pretty able-bodied person. I can utilize all the equipment, you know, physically utilize it without having a physical disability or anything like that. But it can be an intimidating place and sometimes you feel more comfortable doing some of this stuff at home, but then it's like, well, I don't know what kind of equipment to use or that seems scary and expensive too. Or like, you know, some people like classes and they like the community of that, but other people, it scares the shit out of them or they're too competitive, present company included, to want to be around other people <laughs> when they exercise other than bitchy walks. So, you know, Arash, talk us through how you've kind of helped people using the, the digital world to kind of yeah. make things more accessible. Cause I think that that's, that's so important. 
Well, 2020 definitely accelerated the <laughs> digital world. Actually, that's when we went full-time into the online business as we yeah. left our other jobs and really focused that year on building um, solutions for people around the world with uh, the limitations that they had as gyms were shut down and people didn't have access to the equipment that, that they were used to having. And so I think you bring up a good point with, you know, with the whole pandemic and then also in general, from a time standpoint, doing home workouts is oftentimes quicker as you don't have to drive to the gym. And if you can find a, you know, 20 minute routine that you can do at home, it's better than not doing anything. And then for, for those, the, the people that you're, you're referring to as well with, um, just not feeling comfortable with going to the gym. I think having solutions that they can do at home is, is great because, um, that's oftentimes an easier starting point than finding the courage to go to an intimidating place. Um, yeah. So yeah, what, what we focus on is making sure that regardless of where you're at, we have programs that meet you and our app, actually we have a body scan that you take initially based on maybe some injuries that you have or some problem spots. And with, with your goals taken into consideration, we start you off with a program and that program can be, you know, we have a fitness fundamental program. For example, I was actually talking to a member earlier today. She um, wasn't really sure where to start and has some aches and pains. And that's a great starting place for people that don't know what to do. Um, so that way they can do some prehab work before going into a fitness routine. That's kind of what it is. It's, it's like a full body prehab and their body's prepared for high intensity or more challenging fitness routine because when you get there, you want to make sure that someone's body is prepared for that. And so we we try to focus on minimal equipment, making sure that you can do it anywhere at any time. And yes, we have some programs that require equipment, but it's less than 5% of the programs and in, in workouts that we have. So that way you can stay compliant. You don't need too much to stay stay consistent with a program. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm I just personally, as as someone who loves being in my own house. But also, yeah, I think as the pandemic happened, it really changed a lot of people's ability to access things or have an awareness of their access. And I think it's been great. Like, for example, I used to do in-person yoga at the Garfield Park Conservatory here in Chicago. And it was awesome because it was in the atrium with all these beautiful plants and flowers and this gorgeous fountain. And it was just so great. And you'd see be around community people. And sometimes they would put it out in the back patio and it was just a wonderful experience. And then that, you know, wasn't safe to do anymore. And so now it's all been virtual yoga of which I'm so excited. One of our upcoming episodes is going to be with Deshaun Brand. She's one of the yoga instructors there. And it's really mm-hmm. like shifted my perspective to be like, I can still do this. I just have cats all on, running on top of me, <laughs> you know, while we do it. So I just love the concept, Arash, that you're your group with the prehab guys has met people where they're at. And I think, I think it's, it's creating this really inclusive way to feel comfortable maintaining our physical health. And I just think that's rad. So good job. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I appreciate it. And that's, that's the key is finding, finding a place that anyone can start at. And, uh, they're the, the number one excuse that at least we, we see in the clinic is that um, they don't feel like they're ready for a lot of the routines that they want to get to and the exercise classes that they want to get to. And that's why doing a little bit of prehab or maybe some high, high-end rehab before jumping into it is helpful because our, our healthcare system and the way that there is a gap between like PT and performance and training 
is, is tough for people to overcome because there's nothing in that middle ground. So you get out of pain with some of these PTs or chiros or whoever you're going to for rehab. And then, yeah, maybe you're out of pain, but you're not prepared to go back to pickleball or whatever it may be. So you, you have that middle ground and you're supposed to, you're kind of given the reins to do that yourself. And, uh, and people aren't ready for that. And so what we're trying to do is also help bridge that gap and allowing for for people to get to that place where they can train without putting themselves at risk for injury or just giving them the confidence too, after they've built up a little bit of strength to get to those exercise classes that they want to get back to. Yeah. I think what you've highlighted there is, is, is great. Cause we do try to emphasize to people that like you are an athlete. The definition of an athlete is highly variable. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to do the things that you want to do, you have to also put in the maintenance work it takes to do those things. And so we do that with our professional athletes, but we always do it all the way down to somebody who just wants to walk seven days a week. Like if you just want to go, yeah, if you want to do some (laughs) bitching, I mean, if you've got enough bitching for two hours every single day, seven days a week, which I know that one of my co-hosts definitely has that. um, Is that a challenge, Jeremy? It just means that like at the same time, you probably need to be doing some strength training and doing some, you know, maybe either some flexibility training or something to kind of make sure that your body is, is, is cut out to do the walking. So I really like what you said there. I want to really build off of what Julie just um, set up for us there with, with your work at the prehab, because I really want to focus on you guys for a second. Um, I've been familiar with you guys work for a long time. Uh, I've been on your podcast. I feel like I feel like I may go as far back uh, familiar with the work and, and working with you guys as when you guys were, were only the prehab guys. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I just, I, I went to your site today to like, look at your bio and you guys have like a million people who work for you now. Like you guys yeah. are killing yeah. it. Um, so, yeah. but I, I just talk about what you guys do. Cause that may, we've talked a little bit about it, but I don't think everybody listening is familiar with, with what you guys are made up of. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we've rebranded from the prehab guys to just prehab and yeah. the, the bracket is around the P intentionally, uh, because we have a lot of rehab programs, but our goal is to focus on the proactive, the preventative side, which is why we have the brackets it's optional, but hopefully we get to prehab uh, after rehab. And, uh, to, to what you were saying earlier, Jeremy, it's, it's, uh, it's difficult for people to get sold on the idea of prehab because, they want to wait until they have a problem to fix it. It's, it's also the, the, the athlete or the fitness enthusiast that needs to be a little more proactive with their help, their, their health to seek help in order to fix these issues before they become bigger issues. Uh, but so what we do, uh, so the three of us started in PT school, trying to educate the public on how to take control of your own health. And we noticed there were a lot of issues with the current healthcare system and, you know, people would have to wait so long to see us in certain clinics that we wanted to provide those solutions and the education that we saw. And at that point there was, I mean, not that there's great content online nowadays, but the content was really poor. It was a lot of unqualified people talking about low back pain or how to fix a certain issue. And so we wanted to set the record straight a bit, a bit better than what was currently trending just because someone had six pack abs, they would immediately, you know, get sold on whatever idea that this person was was uh, selling. So we wanted to make sure that we stuck to what was high quality evidence based information for the general public to follow with. And from there, 
we got a lot of interest and there was a lot of individual content, but we wanted to create programs for people to follow in case they do have an issue and don't have access to, to get help. And we, we have a lot of people that are international as well. Most are in the U S but we have, so we've created these one-off programs. And then from there, as of actually four months ago, we created a membership, a, a all encompassing app that has all those programs in one place. So that way you can go through a fitness routine. And if you have a little bit of shoulder discomfort, you can move over to doing the shoulder rehab program and adding one to two sessions of the shoulder rehab program per week while going through the fitness program. So that way you fix something before it becomes a bigger problem. And then that way, hopefully you don't get hurt and you can truly prehab if, if you are willing to take that extra step. But you know, right now, most people enter the ecosystem with pain going through rehab programs, but we're hoping that they can stay in through pro being proactive and prehabbing their body. And that's, that's, I, that's the goal. And our, our mission is really to provide universal access to taking control of their health or taking control of your health. So that way, regardless of your financial constraints, and that's another thing is people not always will have the funds to pay for a personal trainer. Maybe that's their, their goal is to get fit, but they, they just financially can't do that. Maybe that's the only solution they know of. If they don't know of any other solution, we're trying to allow people to, to get to that point with lowering the barrier to entry, to taking control of their health. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So it, uh, the app is amazing listener. I receive no kickbacks from the prehab uh, family for what I'm about to say, but like mm -hmm. their stuff is incredible. Yeah. When, when you finish listening to this, go, go to the website. Arash, what's the website? Uh, www.theprehabguys.com. Um, and then slash membership will be specifically the app. But once you go to the website, you'll, you'll be able to find that pretty easily. Yeah. Go to the website, check it out. Um, I, I personally subscribe to their exercise library and use it for my patients. I send them programs. I would love to be a member of the app and maybe I will at some point, but it's just stuff where like, especially for someone like myself speaking anecdotally, who mm -hmm. just is kind of busy and has a lot of things going on, but would love to be a little bit more proactive about the stuff going on in my life to have access to these programs. Or, or frankly, as things come up, you know, like I, I'm, I'm your weekend warrior. I play basketball once a weekend and like I sprained an ankle, I don't know, a month or two ago. And like, it wasn't a big deal. And I'm a sports medicine doctor. So I get the concept of like what I'm supposed to be doing, but just to have the ability to like click on, Hey, the ankle sprain uh, program and just sort of put myself through the program. I, I, I can't speak highly enough about, about your guys work, the prehab team. And, and also, um, give everybody the social handles because your guys' social content is incredible and yeah. also free and so it's incredible yeah. stuff <laughs> yeah it's at the prehab guys on pretty much all platforms if if not it would be at prehab if we tried if we got that name but prehab by itself is taken on most platforms so we kept it at the prehab hey, guys perfect. but yeah thank thanks for the for the nice words that was i appreciate that that's that's awesome to hear yeah we'll uh we'll link everything in the show notes too if anybody needs to to have easy access to it because i think that this is an invaluable service that you're providing. And again, I think accessibility is incredibly important, especially when it comes to fitness, because again, it's already it's already hard enough just having your shoes by the door, you know, so it's great to have something that's an app on your phone or that's um, virtual classes or things that you can make things so digestible. And I think that creates the sustainability that we're, we're, we just talked about. So I, I'm I love it. All right. This was an excellent conversation. Um, you know, summary, I think for the most part, 
that I can think of is be really specific in your goals and start with some things that are, are reachable things that you can definitely accomplish. If you're going straight from couch to working out, you know, think of doing things small and do habit stacking and habit. What was the other one? Habit associations or habit tracking. Yeah. Habit stacking and habit tracking, you know, and and again, concepts that are not just for exercising for any of the resolutions we're kind of talking about to kind of help with behavior change and then to prevent injury, make sure that you're, taking care of your body and kind of doing, you know, not just the same activity over and over and over again, you know, putting into the strength training twice a week. If you're a cardio person, maybe taking out some strength training, if you're the strength person and doing some cardio and then full range of motion, you know, I think, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would have thought they had to be doing some stretching, but I think doing full range of motion through all the different exercises, and maybe you can save that time on, on some of that stretching. So anything I missed there, Julie? No, I loved it. I think you did great. That was a great summation. And yeah, Sweet. our call to action to folks this week, as it has been in the past few weeks is yeah, if you if you like these episodes, and you get something out of it, just, you know, f- please share it with a friend, send a text and say, Hey, I really liked this episode. And uh, I think should we end with with my dumb tagline that I that I made? Yes. So I wrote, let's stay whole, instead of just getting swole. Listen to your doctor friends. <laughs> The amazing music is credited to Skillcell with Pixabay licensure. The podcast is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast should not be taken as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult a medical professional for any medical issues that you may be having. The contents of this podcast are the opinions of the hosts only and do not reflect the opinions of their employers or affiliations. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. Under no circumstances shall Dr. Julie Bruni or Dr. Jeremy Allen or any guest to the podcast be responsible for damages arising from use of the podcast.